This is Space 101.1 KMGP LP FM Magnuson Park. It's the Wallingford Local, that live radio show, broadcast from the farmer's market. Come on, let's go. The last Wednesday of every month, 5 to 6 o'clock, about our favorite neighborhood with stories and music and talk. All right, we are here at Meridian Park. It's the Wallingford Local, live from the Wallingford Farmer's Market at the Wallingford Farmer's Market on the last Wednesday of every month. All this summer, we've got, uh, this is our fourth episode of the season. I'm Felix Bunnell. We're here for the next hour. If you haven't made it down to the farmer's market today, it's a great day to be here. There's all kinds of great products, all kinds of great vendors. You'll see your neighbors. The weather's kind of perfect. There's no smoke, as far as I can tell. The temperature on our special Wallingford local thermometer is 73.9 degrees Fahrenheit. And it's projected to be that way for the next hour. That's going to conclude our weather report. Um, we've got a great show for you today. We're, later on, we're going to talk to Annie Quinn from the Worst Festival, which is coming up on September 15th and 16th. Jack McLaughlin from Wallyhood is going to be here for our trivia challenge. And Sean from Neo Art is going to be joining us as, joining us as well. We'll have uh, two live musical performances from the band called Unleashed. And then uh, we're going to hear from Maritza Rivera, one of the candidates who won the primary for the 4th District here in Seattle and who will be competing in the general election in November. Now, but before we do that, we always start things off with our good friend Ben Chandler from the Wallingford Farmer's Market. Ben, come and have a seat here in the uncomfortably close chairs. We always get to sit so close like this and kind of... I'll, we'll use this one. This one will be easier. This will be easier. So, um, wow, this airplane's going over. So uh, what's the big deal? What's new at the Farmer's Market this month? What is the great fresh produce that everyone's picking up this week? I saw sweet potatoes today for the first time. There's still leaves attached to them, which is cool. Sweet potatoes are kind of a unique product for this part of the world. There's just a few microclimates in eastern Washington that can grow them. That's an interesting one. Um, tons of tomatoes. It's tomato season, right? Um, late August, and uh, especially for some of these western Washington crop, uh, row crop farmers, we're getting some long ripening tomatoes. Um, it's freezing season. I think tons of fresh produce goes straight into freezers, and you can have that stuff in the wintertime, um, as well as other kind of traditional uh, preservation methods. Canning can be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, berries are still rolling hard. There's some uh, strawberries have come back in and raspberries have come back in as well. So wait, what makes the raspberries or berries come back in after being away for a week or two? I think different, different varieties um, peak and sometimes have a second harvest later on. I also think there's sometimes different varieties that are peaking at different times. And uh, our farms have gotten really good at, um, at planting varieties that complement one another so that there's an ongoing supply of these berries. And every once in a while, there's a little gap in that production, um, which takes more, uh, berries away from the market and brings them back in. One thing, you know, I, I don't think I made it here um, last week, um, and we had that nice rainstorm last night. I mean, the thunder woke me up yesterday morning at about 3.40 in the morning, which was nice. Um, it smells differently here than it did last month. I know there's a lot of these um, apples underfoot that are falling off the tree here. I've been tripped on a few of these big round apples, and there's sort of that smell of late summer. Um, what else has changed about the farmer's market since that first day back in May of 2023? I mean, you've been here the whole summer. What's different now, a couple months into the into the gig here, and with only about a month to go till it all wraps up for another year? Yeah, the light. You're right about the smells. There's definitely um, several smells that are not noticeably less <laughs> intense after the rain. Um, I'll point out that the smoke maybe has been dampened down a little bit by that, and that's a huge deal for us as an outdoor market, um, pushing off smoky days. We can deal with heat, we can deal with cold, we can deal with rain, but smoke is really difficult um, as a health and safety hazard. Um, but I think the light has changed in a way that I appreciate being outside from early spring, um, and some of our other markets are year-round, but uh, this particular market, uh, being outside every day and watching the patterns of the sun um, come and go is, is interesting, kind of hovering now on the cusp of September. Um, the rhythms of school are coming back in. I noticed some kids in school uniforms today, and I know Seattle Public Schools goes back next week. Um, and the way that that um, impacts attendance habits, as well as just uh, attention to the market. So it's important that we finish strong. Um, as a season, we've got four weeks left. And uh, I'm hoping for good weather and uh, that folks can find the time in between soccer practices and school and everything else to get out to the market and, um, and find these vendors and these products that, that sometimes don't exist outside of the market scene. We've got some vendors that are only at this market um, and some vendors that are only um, in our markets, uh, market um, community. Um, and once this market's over, they'll have to be um, found next year. 
I love that you noticed that stuff like the light because you're right for the July episode I remember the sun was just like it was like blindingly hot and it was just in the wrong place to be able to do the show right now it's the lights very friendly it's all diffused by the clouds that's the nice thing of watching the whole even though it's essentially a little bit of two seasons and mainly a big season spring summer and fall it is it's like this trip around part way around the sun it's pretty cool oh can I ask one really specific question I bought some hatch chilies at a grocery store a little while ago and they weren't organic they weren't very good do will we see hatch chilies here at this market or have any idea that's a uh, that's a good question I actually don't know the specific answer to that and I suspect that hatch um, and some of those specific New Mexican chilies are protected by New Mexico um, but I think there's some very other similar chilies that uh, can sit in equally well for hatch style chilies and our two farms Alvarez and Fernandez are both coming over from a very warm part of the state and would have chilies that definitely represent those flavors so you could roast them up and uh, I've got some in my refrigerator right now and I've been eating you know, chilies, quick heat on the grill or on a, on a hot pan, and then olive oil, vinegar, some salt. Sounds really good. Ben Chandler, it's always a pleasure to have you here. And thanks again. I say it every time for letting Historic Wallingford and Space 101 FM do this program here. We've had a really good time this summer. Of course, we've got two more shows to go and one more after this one. But I hope we can do it again next summer, and we'll see you next month for the update. You bet. Thanks, Felix. We'll see you next month. Thanks, Ben. Ben Chandler here with the Wallingford Farmer's Market. I love his description of the seasons and the light changing. He's absolutely right. And it's a perfect night to come down to the Meridian Park in Wallingford. It's just there's a little bit of a breeze. Temperature has climbed to 73.2 degrees Fahrenheit. It's a very accurate thermometer. You don't ever, they don't ever give you the tenth point, decimal point on the temperature on other radio stations like they do on Space 101. That's how local we are. We like to go to the tenth decimal point on the local temperature. All right. Now, our first guest is going to join us, Maritza Rivera. She won the primary. Let's have a seat here. We don't have to sit as, un as uncomfortably close. We're going to give you your own microphone. We figure that's the more, more uh, thing, right thing to do here. Let's see if I can adjust this down. Here, hang on to that for one moment. <laughs> I'm sure. Okay, get a kind of lean. Yeah, sort of really <laughs> lean into the microphone. So you can put your mouth right against the foam there. It's kind of a kind of that kind of a sensitive thing. All right. So, um, in case you're just joining us, we're live at Wallingford. Farmer's Market at Meridian Park. It's the Wallingford Local on Space 101.1 FM. I'm Felix Bunnell. We're here for the next hour. Come on down. Get down here to the Farmer's Market. Um, our first guest is Maritza Rivera. Now, you're fourth district candidate for Seattle City Council. What made you want to run for City Council? Well, Felix, thank you. Lean right into oh, the microphone. Lena, okay, Felix, can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> Felix, thank you for inviting me to be on the show and giving me the opportunity to be in Wallingford. I love to be in Wallingford. I actually, um, my kids went to Cascadia Elementary in the old Lincoln High School building. Um, so we've spent a lot of time in Wallingford over the years. The reason why I'm running for office, sadly, is because um, my children go to Ingram High School where there was a school shooting in the fall. Um, and when Councilmember Peterson decided not to run again, I thought I can't just sit around and watch what's happening in Seattle on the public safety front. We have some serious public safety issues in Seattle. As I knock on dogs, doors in Wallingford, I know folks are concerned about pu public uh, safety. I've heard from folks here in Wallingford, they've had home break-ins, car break-ins. A lot of the businesses have had issues um, with you know, window, broken windows. Um, uh, uh, and folks sleeping in front of their doors and things of that nature. And we really need to address these problems in Seattle. When I moved here 22 years ago, I moved here for opportunity and Seattle was safe and vibrant. And the Seattle today is not the Seattle that I moved to uh, 22 years ago. And we need to work together with the mayor, who I think is really working hard to bring positive change. But we need to work together as a council with the mayor to make positive change happen in Seattle. Now, in the past on the city council, there have been coalitions that have come together around particular issues or particular mindsets. And that was, there's this group called Check back in the 1960s, Council for Effective, I can't remember what the acronym stood for. But lately the city council has been anything but effective. It's been, you know, this is my personal opinion. There's been just dysfunction and there haven't been any coalitions that have been able to, on, other than a few occasions, successfully pass any legislation to make any meaningful differences. Do you, I mean, 
<laughs> I mean, I guess I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but are you already, do you see candidates in these other races who you could align with? Or you see, is there sort of a coalition that could emerge that could actually get things done? Well, let me, let me address that. I'll say two things about that. The first thing I want to say is that I used to work for city uh, a council member, Tom Rasmussen, back when he first was elected. And those were the days where city council members worked together. They would agree to disagree on things that they couldn't come to, you know, agreement on. But then they compromised a lot of the times and there was civil discourse and they did work together. And they visited each other's offices to have those conversations. That's missing now from the council and we need to get back to that um, and I think you know you have to have an open mind and you have to be willing to talk to everybody that's your job as a council member and so I think this this current um, folks with the exception of Alex Peterson and Sarah Nelson you know they haven't been listening and Deborah Juarez does listen but they haven't been working together and even now like they're not even all in person um, working together. It's post-COVID. They need to get back in person doing the city work um, and, and really trying to, to um, work together to come up with solutions. Again, even if you can agree to disagree on some things, but you can come together, that's the job, to come together to find solutions to these problems. Now, that, that's a big tall order, and all that stuff sounds good, and I agree with, with a lot of what you're saying, but I mean, what what gives you the you qualifications necessary to do this kind of bringing yeah. together and working together and all this stuff? Do you have stuff on your resume that says, like, look, I did this, and I, this will mean yeah. I can do this? Okay, tell us about that. Felix, yes, I, after... <laughs> what a softball question. I'm I sorry, know, everybody. Like, if Ron Davis was here, that. boy, he'd just be hitting me upside the head with a phone Book, I'm really, um, I started my career 30 years ago um, in the public sector. I've had 30 years of public sector experience doing liaison work. Um, I worked in the White House under President Clinton and I um, did outreach to the Latino communities and you can across the United States and you can imagine that was a tall order um, and in the Latino community like every community there are a lot of issues and not everybody agrees. Um, I, I had a lot of experience talking to folks who both agreed with the president and not but we still had the conversation and we still tried to work together to coalesce on the things that we could agree on um, and then here in Seattle I worked on uh, the I worked for the ACLU on a Know Your Rights Education project post 9-11 where I was doing outreach in Middle Eastern and Latino communities again um, and then working for Tom I was doing constituent services so it was um, answering all his mail calls and working with community members on the issues that that um, they cared about and not all those issues were issues that they were aligned with um, Tom on necessarily or the rest of the city council but we still had the conversation so I have many years of working together with people both people that agree with um, uh, the folks that I was working for and both and both excuse me and folks that disagreed and so you need to listen to everyone and that's what I can bring to the table bringing folks together do you think the district system with a couple of at-large candidates do you think that's working you know that's a great question Felix and I'm not sure that I have you know um, I don't I don't have an answer to that um, what can you do for Wallingford but, but like, <laughs> what can you bring home but, to your home district you know, and, and well here's the thing I'm clear that I would be representing the residents of District 4. However, you are there working together with your colleagues on all the districts um, and downtown for that matter, which needs a lot of help post-pandemic. So we need to work together. Most of the issues that are, that are um, of concern in Wallingford are the same issues that my constituents are, or my uh, or the District 4 constituents are dealing with, like the public safety issues, the small businesses on the app are dealing with the same issues as the small businesses on Wallingford Ave and on Stoneway. So the issues are very similar. And so even though you're representing one district, you're really working together for the city as a whole. And like Mayor Harrell likes to say, we're one Seattle. And I really do believe that. And there's a lot of cross you know, pollination, right? Like I lived in the D4, but my kids were going to school in Wallingford. So I have, I have you know, ties to Wallingford and I care about all the neighborhoods in Seattle. We're not gonna do this focusing just on one district. We gotta do this together. And I think that's what's been missing on the city council is 
the recognition that we can't just worry about our district. Yes, that's our primary, those are our constituents, but we need to all work together if we're going to have a Seattle that's going to be safe and vibrant. I mean, talk about public safety for a second, because so much about public safety sometimes seems kind of intractable, whether it's um, inability to hire enough officers to do the job or just the number of resources required to address the mental health crisis with teenagers. So what what can, city, what can you do as a city council member? What legislation can you bring forward that will address some of these specific things about public safety in the short term and the long term? Sure. Well, first of all, I think that Mayor Harrell is doing um, a, a great job trying to address the public safety issues in the city. Um, we need to support his um, uh, plan to hire more officers. We need to also build relationships with SPD because I hear from police officers that they left Seattle to go to work to other cities because they don't feel supported. And so I, I understand there's some bad actors and then there are many good actors. And so we need to make sure that we're training police but really working with all of police, right? Um, we also have our fire department and they're they're taking the brunt of all this public safety issues and the and the drug use on the on the ground. And so we need to be supporting policies that support the police officers to be uh, excuse me, the fire uh, firefighters to do that job. I've had conversation with the firefighters and I feel proud that they endorsed me about the the needs that they have to do um, uh, to have more support for the work that they're doing on the ground. Um, and uh, you know, so we do need to hire more officers and we need to figure out ways to get, you know, I've been saying this since the primary, we need to figure out ways to have young people wanting to do those jobs because as people leave and as people retire, we need to have a workforce that's going to want to do this job. And so the fire department did um, a, a coalition um, with the Seattle colleges where the chief helped the Seattle colleges develop a curriculum to um, do a certificate program for firefighters and then they could pull from that class of folks into the fire department. I believe their first graduating class was this year. We ought to look at doing something like that for the police department so that we are really um, uh, looking at getting homegrown kids getting into the the police department. So we need to explore all of that on the public safety front. And then we also need to deal with our, um, uh, you know, homeless populations. We need to get them off the street, you know, um, uh, and we do need to address the mental health and the um, drug addiction services. People are dying from fentanyl and unprecedented um, numbers. And I think that this council's um, lack of foresight and support by not supporting that drug possession law was really a bad thing. Um, that is a law that would have given us another tool in our toolbox. Um, and as the city attorney said, she wasn't interested in jailing drug users. She's trying to get the open air drug markets shut down um, and getting the drug dealers off the street and then also funneling drug um, folks that have addiction problems into services. And the city council voted not to do that. So I think these are things that we should be voting to do in order to address this public safety problem that we're not gonna solve overnight, yeah. obviously, but we need to take these steps because the city council voted against that law, but they don't have anything to offer in its stead. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about, you know, the city in all these different jurisdictions, whether it's King County or the city of Washington, federal government. So all these intractable, seemingly intractable issues that we've been faced with a long time, actually. And the pandemic made things exacerbated and stuff and kind of revealed stuff that or made laid bare a lot of the problems that have been sort of uh, incubating. It seems like Seattle at its greatest days was always had something big that was working toward whether it was the big post-war boom with Boeing and or the World's Fair in 1962 or even the Goodwill Games in 1990 or how do we go from, this is going to be too big a question for how much time we have left, but how do we go from focusing on problems to actually reaching out for something bigger that has something exciting and positive that we can build toward rather than just sort of putting out fires? Yeah. Is that a fair question? That is a fair question. So what do we do? But I do think <laughs> 30 that, seconds, go. Yeah, but yeah. I think right now you can't get to the, to, to the um, big ideas pie in the sky if you're not addressing the public safety issues. I think Don't right now. Don't you kind of have to do both, though? You do have to do both, but but the public safety issues I see, for instance, you know, we're in the precipice now, Felix, 
I don't want to turn into a San Francisco or a Portland, and we don't have to. So I agree with you. Like, that's what makes Seattle so vibrant and so wonderful is all the great positive things that we were doing in Seattle before COVID. Um, But things have really, really post-COVID taken a much worse turn. And so we do need to address the public safety issues, in in my mind, before we can get to or not before we, we need to do both, right? <laughs> yeah, we yeah, need to do both, but we definitely need to yeah. address the public safety issue. All right, Maritza Rivera. And we Rivera. need to support business, sorry. No, it's no problem. Uh, candidate uh, won the primary um, along with Ron Davis for uh, District 4 for the Seattle City Council. What date is the general election again? First Tuesday in November. <laughs> First Tuesday in November, I don't know the date either. But get out and vote, everybody. Of course, Historic Wallingford and Space 101, we don't endorse any particular candidate. We like to give candidates a chance to tell us about what they plan for the city should they win. We invited Mr. Davis. He was unable to join us. So we thank you for taking part on our one candidate forum today here on uh, the Wallingford Local. And uh, we'll maybe see you out around the neighborhood leading up to you the second, November, second Tuesday will. in November. All right, Maritza definitely. Rivera, thank you very much thank for joining us. Thank you so much, Felix. All right. Coming up next, it's time for a musical showcase. We call it something different every month. It's sort of a Louisiana hayride kind of thing. But joining us this month on the show is a band called Unleashed. If you're looking at them left to right, sitting over in the little musical performance area, uh, we have Russ Johnson on harmonica, Andrew Denance on guitar and vocals, Leroy Henry on percussion and harmonies, and Lisa Lusk on ukulele and harmonies. They're going to give us a couple songs. Um, we all ready to go there, Laura? Okay, here you go. Uh, Unleashed is joining us live on Space 101.1 FM on the Wallingford Local. We're here until 6 o'clock, but the market goes till 7. Come on down and have fun with us here live on Space 101.1 FM. Take it away, Unleashed.
Freedom is a word I rarely use when I'm thinking. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. That was great. So we have another song for us in this little segment here. This, you guys sound fabulous. And the mix, I have to compliment our producer, Laura Scott. The mix, it's feel like I'm listening to the Grand Ole Opry on, in stereo. This is like the Grand Ole Wallingford Opry from Wallingford Farmer's Market. So um, this, where are you guys, who, where, where, how long has Unleashed been together? What, tell, what is the uh, credo of Unleashed? What's the deal with you guys? The credo, since you asked that, is <laughs> Ubuntu. Okay. Ubuntu is a South African word which literally means I am because we are. And that's the spirit that we come together with music and friendship. And we are friends first, musicians second. And we do this because we love it. How long have you been doing this band thing? Less than a year. Collectively. Uh, you guys sound fabulous. So what are we going to hear next for the second part of your first We're appearance? We're going to take it to Marshall Tuckerville and do oh. a classic uh, <laughs> tune from there. We have a, a, a Georgia Peach in the group, so we're going to okay. take it to Georgia here. Let me give a little pitch out. We're going to do our trivia contest in about 10 minutes. So if there's two people who think they're really good at Wallingford trivia, stand by because there's lots of great prizes, T-shirts, prints, all sorts of cool stuff. But before we get to that, we're also going to hear about the Worst Festival. It's the 40th anniversary is coming up. But let's hear one more song from Unleashed here in their first appearance. Can't we'll, you we'll, see? They'll, they'll be back later in the show, too, but take it away. train down at the station I don't care where it goes gonna climb a mountain the highest mountain a jump off nobody gonna know can't you see oh can't you see what that woman loved, she been a doing to me. I said, can't you see? Oh, can't you see? What that woman loved, she been doing to me. I'm gonna find me a hole in the wall. Gonna crawl inside and die Cause my lady now My mean old woman lord Never told me goodbye Can't you see Oh can't you see What that woman lord She been a doing to me I said, can't you see, oh, can't you see, oh, can't you see, what that woman loved, she been doing to me. All right.
gonna buy me a ticket now as far as I can ain't never coming back write me a southbound all the way to Georgia now till the train run out of track can't you see been a doing to me I said can't you see oh can't you see what that woman love she been doing to me can't you see Wow, big round of applause for Unleashed. That's Russ Johnson, Andrew Denance, Leroy Henry, and Lisa Lusk. They'll be back later in the show with at least one number. Thank you guys. Sounding fabulous here. We're live on the Wallingford local at Wall uh, Meridian Park in Wallingford for the Wallingford Farmer's Market. We're here till six o'clock. The whole farmer's market goes till seven. Perfect way to get out and meet your neighbors. It's a perfect day. There's not a bit of smoke in the sky. The temperature has dropped down to a very comfortable 72.1 degrees, 55% humidity. I don't know what the dew point is. I guess it's probably down around 30 somewhere. All right, uh, joining us now is Annie Quinn. You're with the Worst Festival. Yes, I am. And you're actually a graduate of St. Benedict's? I am not a graduate, but oh. my okay. stepdaughter is okay. a graduate, okay. and my daughter is there now. So we've the, been a part of it for, this is our 13th year at St. Ben's. It's such a cool <laughs> event. I've been going for probably the last, I don't know, not every year, but maybe the last 25 years, something like that. Cool, and it's nice. one. It's, there's like the one time a year for two days where Wallingford feels like it has like a heart and soul. There's so many people there. You yeah. see people you know from all different Wallingford walks, whether it's people Absolutely. from merchants or people you know through your kid's soccer team or school or whatever. It really attracts an incredible, and raises a ton of money for St. Benedict's, if I'm understanding correctly. It does, yeah. We uh, we do raise quite a bit of money. Um, it is a little expensive to put on as well. So we. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, you're right. I mean, it is so cool to see all of the community come out and. So it's coming up on September 15th and 16th, so Friday yep. and Saturday. I that's love right. the used book sale up in the yeah, library. Yeah, we're bringing that's, that back. That's the only thing I really too. go for. Oh, good. Yeah. I didn't know it had so gone. It okay. had, well, it was gone last year because we <laughs> okay. had it a little pared down last year, but Got we're bringing it, it back. Okay. It'll be on the main or the lower floor. So. Let's take the microphone. Don't. Yeah, it it'll be. Uh, on the lower floor. Okay. So. Now, for someone who's never been, say there's somebody within the mm -hmm. sound of my voice who's listening to the Wallingford Local live from the Wallingford Farmers Park, and they've never been to the Worst Festival. What is it? So the Worst Festival, as you mentioned before, it is a fundraiser for St. Benedict Catholic School in Wallingford. Um, but at the event, we have um, a few different food booths. We've got, of course, Bratwurst. We have um, a Filipino booth that's run by one of our longtime families. Um, we have corns and, corn and potato, there's a huge beer garden, there's a sweet shop, there's a fun zone for kids with all kinds of games, um, and we have inflatables. And, and live bands, I remember yes, too, right? and we yeah. have, I think we have 16 different bands that perform, wow. they're all local. And um, it's rain or shine too, it's usually, the it weather's is. generally pretty good. I've been there one year Don't when it rained, that. it was maybe 10 or 15 yeah. years ago. Yeah, it is, it is rain or shine, absolutely, and uh, we have a big uh, outdoor beer garden this year, um, nice. which is covered, so just nice. in case, but. And so what are the origins of it? How did it come first come together 40 years ago? You know, it started as a, as I mentioned, as a fundraiser for yeah. the school. Um, we have one now in the spring as well, the our auction, um, but this started as a fundraiser for the school, and it was, you know, the idea of, I think, some of the parents 
um, back then who I know that some of those parents uh, still come to the Worst Festival to this day. So. Is there some connection between Wallingford and Worst or St. Benedict's and Worst? Is you there know, some like natural cultural thing or is it more just sort of it happened to be the, like, it could have been easily been the, the taco festival? Totally. Or it been, okay, yeah, okay. I think it's kind of the alliteration um, okay. of Wallingford Worst Festival. Well, one thing, whatever parent volunteers have been responsible for putting up the signs every year. I remember back in the mid-90s, the sign crew always got the signs out like a few weeks in advance. You, yeah. you never, if you, if you missed the Worst Festival, it wasn't because you didn't know about it. You that always is, knew it was going on. That is very true. In fact, if you drive by St. Ben's right now, there are a million signs out there because we want all of our parents in our community to take them and put them in their yards and in their neighborhoods. So you'll be seeing those signs popping up everywhere very soon. I like the bake sale too, because after like yes. late in the, because it goes pretty late I in the like evening the and the carnival, <laughs> the carnival lights and stuff and the vendor yeah. booths out on yeah, the street. It's it really, 10 o'clock, yeah. It's pretty, it's like a one of a kind magical kind of thing, I think for, yeah. and I'm, not, I'm biased, I guess, but I still think it's a pretty cool thing. Well, it really is. And I mean, one of the coolest things, of course, that I think is that it's, it's, it brings not only Wallingford together, but our school community too. Yeah. It's over, I was just counting the other day, I think we have over 500 different slots that people can volunteer. We have like over, well over 200 people in our St. Ben's community that put it on because it's totally it, volunteer It run. looks like a military operation based on the number of volunteers <laughs> and all the different things that have to happen it and that happen be, like clockwork. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, well, though. we've been meeting, planning the festival since uh, April or May. So what will you do so, on Sunday the 17th after going to Mass, of course? Well, we have to <laughs> do the cleanup, which, by the way, until I was in charge of it, I had never actually been to a cleanup. <laughs> That's on um, Sunday? It's on Sunday. It's okay. like first thing Sunday morning. Okay. So what am I doing Monday would be maybe taking the day off of Got work. It. Okay. Is there any insider tips or things like certain times where it's good to get in line? or Because I always go there, I always feel like I, I don't remember how I did it successfully last time in terms yeah. of picking the right food booths and all that kind of well, stuff. Well, we are doing our best this year after some learnings last year on trying to make the lines faster um, but I would definitely say I mean just get there early and um, because you know the token booth line um, is it runs really fast and get your tokens early because I know for me yeah. I buy some I've already bought some because we have our little inside oh, way smart. of getting them. But, oh, so uh, if you're connected to St. Benedict's, so you can get t tokens in advance and skip the lines on Friday. You might, especially if you go to Mass on Sunday morning, <laughs> they might be selling tokens then. Um. That's perfect. All right, Annie Quinn from the Worst Festival at St. Benedict's is coming up September 15th and 16th. It's a Wallingford tradition. Thanks for joining us to talk about it here on the Wallingford Local. And yeah. good luck with the festival. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. Now it's time for our big Wallingford trivia contest. Raise your hand if you want to be one of the lucky two contestants. Now, now, there's several dozen people. It's going to be hard for me to pick two. This guy in the, the guy we're in the back. Okay, we're our first contestant. All right. Come on up and take a seat here. We, we need two contestants for this to be a contest. Who's going to be our second contestant? You, ma'am, there in the bandana. Come on up. I'm going to put this microphone over here. This is going to be for our quiz master. You can adjust that height on that if you want and make that more to your liking there if you get behind it. All right, sir, have a seat there. Thank you. Yeah, careful with your... Okay, and then ma'am, have a seat there. <laughs> Look at the music playing. I love this. It's producer Laura, producer Laura Scott behind the board there. I like taking liberty there with the theme music. I like that. Um, let's find out what your name is. You can just share your first name if you want, so we don't, uh, we don't want to give away. Tell us what your first name is. My first name is Andy. Andy, okay. And do you live in Wallingford? I do. Well, yeah, sort of. Tangletown. Yeah. It's not a requirement. We're just curious. Taking a census. And what about you, sir? What's your first name? Uh, Patrick. Patrick, where do you live? I live in Wallingford, 42nd and Woodlawn. That's too much information again, okay? Just, there's a big audience listening, okay? We want to give, we're trying to give you some shield of anonymity, okay? No, tell me, you tell me you're Patrick. So we have Andy and Patrick. Okay. So um, our quiz master, of course, is Jack McLaughlin, who's from wallyhood.org, a fabulous right. blog focused on Wallingford. Before we get to the questions, let's do just like... 10 seconds on a couple news items. I've noticed there's three or four new four-way stops in Wallingford in the last couple months. Have you noticed those on uh, Wallingford Avenue and on uh, 34th? I've noticed the one on Wallingford Avenue, yes. How do you feel about that? What's the general public reaction about that? Uh, well, I do a lot of bicycling, so I like those that there like are those, those new okay. crossing points that are safe. And I knew Costas, Costas Opa is open again? Or is it moved now to a location Costas on Costas Opa? Costas Opa, okay. Have you been yet? Yeah, I haven't been, but okay. we had a writer that went there, so. So there's a piece, though, there will be a piece coming on Wallingford, or there is a piece now? There is a piece right now. Terrific. Yeah. Okay, great. We love getting the Wallingford news updates. It's very cool. All right, so we have a couple of trivia questions. We're going to start with Andy. We'll get the first question from Jack, our quiz master. Anytime great. you're ready, Jack. Sure. 
uh, the questions start easy, but they will get harder. <laughs> this first one has a bit of a uh, run-in, uh, but it'll be worth it by the time we get through it. The Seattle, Lakeshore, and Eastern Railroad were built in the 1880s through Wallingford along the north side of Lake Union. The railroad is long gone, and in its place is a popular biking and walking trail. What is the name of the trail? Is it the Burke Gilman Trail? Oh, exactly. That's exactly correct. Right. Yeah, big round of applause for Andy. She's got one. So, okay, so <clears throat> let's checking the score. What's the score? I think it's Andy has one, and Patrick is so far zero. All right. Have to ask the guy a question. Okay, Patrick's question now. Go ahead, Quizmaster Jack. Okay, question number two. Who is Lincoln High School named after? Abraham Lincoln. Oh, very good. Very That's good. right. No, no hesitation. S said the answer so quickly I could barely get the He's microphone like in front of his mouth. Very good. Okay, so uh, again, the scores: Andy won and Patrick won. So let's it's round two now. So let's Andy's question. First question in round two of the trivia challenge here on the Wallingford Local Live on Space 101.1 FM. Like I said, they get a little bit more difficult. This one is multiple choice. So listen to your choices. What year was Wallingford the next to officially become a part of Seattle? Was it A, 1851? B, 1891? C, 1941? Or D, 1991? <gasps> okay, I'm gonna go, ooh, I'll go with C. Uh, C was 1941? Yes. I'm sorry, the answer is 1891, which oh, was shoot, that, uh, B. Oh, shoot, my second guess. Uh, okay, yeah, well. Wow, can't, they, can't they, win they, them all. they get remarkably more difficult very rapidly. <laughs> wow, okay. They were a late joiner. What's, you know? uh, <laughs> okay, so the score now is one to one. We're still midway through the second round, so Patrick is up next with his next with his question. Now, wait to answer the question until I get the microphone by your face, okay? So go ahead, Quizmaster, anytime you're ready. Okay. Uh, just by pure chance, he answered Lincoln, Lincoln already again. I think we have to disqualify him. <laughs> it's another Lincoln High School question, though. Uh, what is the mascot for Lincoln High School? The Lynx. Oh, and we can actually, with bonus question, do you know the name of the Lynx? No. Well, that's all right. It's Lenny the Lynx, but Lynx Lenny was correct. The Lynx. Okay, mascot. so okay, this is round three. The score is Andy has one, Patrick has two. So. Um, Let's make the questions worth two points in this third round, just to make it interesting. Okay. All right. Anytime you're ready, Quizmaster. Like I said, they get harder. <laughs> this 18, uh, 1987 family comedy movie starring, starring John Lithgow took place in Wallingford. What was the name of the movie? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> um, uh, I'm just going to say a name, Wallingford. Here we go. <laughs> well, that's not I'd, right. <laughs> I'd like to see I'd like to see a film called Wallingford Here We Go if that ever happens. Okay, so the score now is 1 to 2. Oh, wait, here's the answer, of yes, course. Go ahead, an Quizmaster. What's the answer? Harry and the Hendersons. Oh. And the, the house where it was set was 4214 Burke Avenue. Show of hands from the audience, the thousands of people here at the Farmers Park. Who knew the answer to that question? Not to make Andy Ooh, feel bad or anything, no. I was going to guess Sleepless in Seattle, but yeah. that's just me. All right, uh, so question number two in round three for Patrick. Mm -hmm. Also worth two points. Uh, all right, here we go. Um, Who was president during the Civil War? No, it's not. No. <laughs> Let's go with this one. This Wallingford restaurant opened along Lake Union Waterfront in 1969 and features an interior filled with Northwest indigenous art and historic photographs. What's the name of the restaurant? Ivar Salmon House. Uh, he said correct. Ivar's though. Quite it's actually correct. Ivers. The mispronunciation. I think I'm gonna. You have, you have to know. House part correct. If though. you want to sound like a local, you have to say Ivers. Patrick, I'm wondering where, where you really live. Patrick, you don't live in Wallingford. You're an imposter. Okay, so score now I think is. Andy has one, Patrick has four. Let's do one more round where the questions are worth five points. Wow. Okay, just to make, keep it interesting. This, this is the final round. This is the big tiebreaker, deal breaker, yeah. jawbreaker, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is a question to see if you can remember five minutes previous. Oh, no. Wallingford St. Benedict School has been holding this community festival for four decades. The next one is September 15 and 16. What's the name of the festival? Wallingford Wurt Fest. Worst Fest. Very good. I think that's close enough. It's the worst festival. So that was five. So you have six points. Patrick has four points. Okay. So this is this is this is make or break. This is all comes down to this question right now. Let's, can I have the audience be quiet, please, so our contestants can really concentrate on this? Or I guess so Patrick can concentrate. Anytime you're ready, Quizmaster. Okay. 
Uh, this also will hark back to something that happened just a few minutes ago. At the north end of Wallingford is a group of streets situated at an angle from the surrounding streets. What is the nickname of this part of Wallingford? Tangletown. Very good. Wow, Patrick is paying attention. Okay, so Patrick, final score, Patrick, nine. Andy, six, I think, right? Nine to six. Really good competition, but we have wonderful gifts for both of you, wonderful prizes. Um, Rhonda Bush, can you join me up here for handing out the prizes to our lovely contestants? Thanks, you guys, for being great sports. Thank you. Thanks, Jack McLaughlin and Wally Hood for keeping on top of all the news in Wallingford and about sure. the stop signs and the restaurants and, uh, and Tangletown and Lenny the Lynx. So Patrick is choosing between some historic prints from Wall historic Wallingford and a T-shirt, and now Andy's doing the same. Okay, all right. Well, uh, here we are, uh, just talking, having a moment with the band there, having a flashback. All right, we're all done with the trivia contest. Thank you guys, congratulations. Big round of applause for our big winners. Everyone's a winner on the Wallingford Local, of course. We don't let anyone go away empty-handed. There's always lovely prizes. All right, well, it's time to check back in with our band, Unleash, and not get tangled in my headphone cable here. All right, so you guys got a couple numbers here for your second appearance. It's Unleash, take it away, live on the Wallingford Local on Space 101.1 FM, live from the Wallingford Blue Farmers song Market. from the 1950s. One, two... One, two, three, four. I got the blues from my baby left me by the San Francisco Bay. The ocean liner's gone so far away I didn't mean to treat her so bad She was the best girl I ever have had She said goodbye, made me cry I think I'm gonna lay down and die Well, well I ain't got a nickel and I ain't got a lousy dime If she don't come back, I think I'm gonna lose my mind well, if she ever comes back to stay, it's gonna be another brand new day. Oh, walking with my baby down by the San Francisco Bay. All right. Baby down by the San Francisco Bay. 
You guys have one little short burn number we can try to squeeze in here, a little quick one? Oh yeah. Okay. Alright. Morning sky. Here we go. Quick one. Here we go. strong and never doubted lately I feel changes coming on you know that I will soon be gone you don't even want to talk about it Ooh, oh, and it makes me stop and wonder why people give their hearts and turn around and say goodbye Something on your mind, you better say it while there's time. I'm leaving when I see that morning sky. Ooh, how did we ever come to this? There's nothing for me in your kisses anymore. Late nights in the kitchen, I'm pretending I still care, but we both know there's nothing there. You just keep on staring at the door. Ooh, oh, and it makes me stop and wonder why people give their hearts and turn around and say goodbye. If there's something on your mind, you better say it while there's time. I'm leaving when I see that morning sky. Round of applause for Unleashed, Russ Johnson on harmonica, Andrew Denance on guitar and vocals, Leroy Henry on percussion and harmonies, and Lisa Lusk on ukulele and harmonies. And coming up next, Vivek Ramaswamy is going to be here working out some of his Eminem covers, um, but that'll be after 6 o'clock, long after we're off the air. Uh, this is the Wallingford Local. We're live from the Wallingford Farmer's Market here for another, oh, six minutes or so. we got another guest here, Sean Demerell from Neo Art School, which is a fabulous school that's located in the old... Oh, what do they call it? The Good Shepherd Center here, yeah. the beautiful building that Historic Seattle operates right on the grounds here in Meridian Park. So what yes, is sir. Neo Art School? Tell us about it. So uh, Neo Art School, it's currently a children's art school, but we're open enough to do adult events and stuff. But we're an art school that's been in the area for 40 years, 41 now, and uh, we were started by my mother. I took it over in 2017, and we do children's art camps. We're also represented at six different local schools this year. Um, I could list them all later if you want, but uh, we do <laughs> I like, like your their comprehensiveness. Programs. That's good. Yeah, my, I took my daughter there. Oh, it's been probably 15, 16 years. Just yeah. a, a, just a kind of a fixture of the summer to spend a week or two at Neo Art, doing all the really, really intense like 
uh, very complex visual art pieces, not just the finger painting, not not, not to knock finger painting, yeah. but you guys do some pretty it, We get pretty ambitious. Yeah. yeah, we even say that, you know, we don't like to do, we don't do macaroni necklaces, we're not just coloring stuff Oh, I stuff love in. those. Yeah, we try to, try to send you home with something that you're really going to cherish, that can really be showcased, that'll really impress their friends, and really make them proud, and you know, like you said, you guys came 15 years ago, I've had more children of my mom's former students than I can even remember, yeah. and yeah, it's extremely fulfilling to hear you say that. I think my daughter made like a labyrinth, labyrinth? With like pieces of uh, picture frame the pieces. The little maze. Yeah, that would have been the, uh, you should put a marble in it then. That yeah, was yeah. the marble maze, the way my mom used to yeah, do it. Yeah. She would make like a little labyrinth, so you roll the marble through. Now I do it where they come up with a game. Like one of our examples is we have like planets in one of the games, got to orbit them with the marble. And then we have another one, it's like a jungle maze. So, I mean, yeah, that's an example of getting ambitious. Have, I mean, given the onslaught of technology and all the other stuff that people like me complain about sometimes, um, has artwork like this and the kind of stuff that you guys do, do you have to compete with that stuff with these kids or are kids still universally naturally open to anything at, at the ages that you're seeing them? I mean, it's changed. We have to incorporate that stuff. You know, like they love Minecraft and they love Among Us and Roblox so we have to get those how to draw books, you know, to cater to them and keep them interested. But that's part of why I try to keep it dynamic. But for the most part, the arts haven't changed to the degree that, you know, little human beings aren't excited to make a diorama or paint a picture. They're still excited to get creative, but you definitely, you know, nowadays with all the other choices, you definitely got to work hard and be try to be as charismatic as you can be and eat your Wheaties <laughs> to keep them focused. I like what you said about the little humans. That's uh, that's encouraging. That's the best news we've heard all summer on here on the Wallingford Local. I'm glad to All right. Um, Sean Demorell, Neo Arts. Uh, how do people find out more? What's your web address? So, um, neoartschool.com, or you can email us, uh, neoartschool at gmail.com. We do ages 6 to 12, but we have older kids come as art assistants. Um, we're soon going to be doing adult stuff like sip and paints, clock making class, cologne and perfume that's making great. class. Very we cool. do a free ceramics thing during the farmer's market where you only pay if you want to keep what you make. So all kinds of exciting and stuff, check us out and 206-632-2530. I like that. Thanks the old work. school, giving out the old school 632 for <laughs> phone number. Very nice. Thank you so much for joining yeah, us. I really you. appreciate you, Felix. it. Nice have to meet you too. Hey, uh, let's have our vendor of the week of the month join us now. We're kind of, we're running a little bit short on time here. We're still, there's always going to be time to talk to Maddie Ruhoy from Purdy Pickle Company. All right, Maddie, so uh, what is the Purdy Pickle Company? Give us that kind of like, pretend like you had 30 seconds to tell us everything about the Purdy Pickle okay. Company. Kind of lean into the mic when you Amazing. talk. Amazing. Uh, Purdy Good Pickles is a company owned by my boss, Sis Levine. It's owned by her and her daughter. Um, she's always made pickles her whole life. She was a teacher, and when she retired, she decided to start this business. We pickle and can everything ourselves. Everything's organic, sourced from local farmers, um, made with love and care. Oh, wow. Now, wait a second. So where's the pickle factory actually located? Gig Harbor, Washington. Is it actually a factory, or is it someone's, like, garage so or something? So we used to pickle, we used to rent a kitchen, and it would be, like, five of us in there stuffing the cans ourselves. I would, you know sometimes help out and cut spears myself. Um, but then we ended up getting a co-packer, so my boss is still in the kitchen every day. Everything is still homemade, but now wow, we have so somebody cool. who has their own kitchen in Gig Harbor. Do you guys have a specialty that you're known for, whether it's some sweet pickle or spicy pickle or crunchy? or something? What's, um, what's the our specialty? Our pickled beets are a ah, huge okay. uh, seller. They're a little bit sweet. They're made with some organic sugar, organic cinnamon, and some allspice. They oh, go great in great. a salad. We even have a pickled beet salad recipe on the back of our card. That's fabulous. Yeah. And you're here till 7 o'clock tonight at the farmer's market. I People am. That sounds good. It's good enough to drive down or ride over on your bike yeah. or run over in your shoes or whatever. <laughs> you guys, are you, will you be here for the rest of the summer? Um, yeah, we will. That's every terrific. Week, every okay. Wednesday. Listen, Maddie Ruhoy from Purdy Good Pickles. I said Purdy I said the pickles. name. I think I said I said the company your name wrong first, but it's That's Purdy okay. Good Pickles. Purdy Good Pickles. Based in Gig Harbor, near yeah. near Purdy. Near Purdy, Washington, right? Exactly. Because yeah, Gig Harbor, Good Pickles didn't make any sense. I know. Got it. Okay, it, it was I got a cuter it. name. I know. got it. All right, Maddie Ruhoy, thanks for joining us. Thanks awesome. for being the vendor Thank of the week so of the much. month here on the Wallingford Local. We'll see you next time. Okay. All right, geez, we're reaching the closely closely quickly reach the end of another episode of the wallingford local this has been our fourth show of the summer we're here one more episode the end of next month i think it's september 27th if i'm not mistaken we're here from 5 to 6 p.m but the farmer's market is here every wednesday all through the end to through the last wednesday of september um, i want to thank all of our guests who joined us tonight on the fabulous band unleashed maritza rivera the candidate for fourth district city council annie quinn from the worst festival which is coming up on september 15th and 16th Jack McLaughlin, our trivia master from wallyhood.org, and our Andy and Patrick, our two contestants, and Sean Demorell from NeoArt. 
as well as Maddie Ruhoy from Pretty Good Pickle, our vendor of the week of the month. I want to thank everybody who makes this show come together. It's quite a team. It's Sarah Martin and Rhonda Bush of Historic Wallingford, Ben Chandler of the Seattle Farmers Market Association, Eric Zappa, Mark Patterson, and Mitch Etter, and all the donors who make Space 101.1 FM the most powerful little radio station in all of the Northwest. And I want to thank Laura Scott, our producer and board operator for the Wallingford Local, for pushing all the buttons and moving the sliders up and down and getting all the uh, technical stuff going together and getting all our guests lined up. I also want to thank For Culture. That's the local public organization that provides financial support to Historic Wallingford, who makes this whole thing come together. Um, you can get the podcast at SoundCloud and most other platforms. It's the Wallingford Local. We're live the last Wednesday of every month from the Farmer's Market and Meridian Park in beautiful downtown Wallingford in Seattle. Thank you to our wonderful audience. Thanks. You guys. Give yourself a big round of applause. Let's clap us out and send it back to the station over there at Sandpoint. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.